In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Let me begin this evening by wishing you, on behalf of my family, my wife Audra, and our boys Peter and Henry, a very happy Christmas. On this most holy night, the angel announced to the awe-struck shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. And this shall be a sign unto you, the angel says. How is this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger a sign? Well, in one sense, the answer is simple. The sign is that the shepherds will know they have found the newborn Savior when they have found a baby cradled in a feed trough. When they find the manger, they'll know they found the right child. That's him, they'll say, the one in the manger. It wasn't the one over at Third and Central after all. This is the one. But there is more to this sign than that. What more does this newborn signify? With his skin still covered in vernix, perhaps, his umbilical cord stump not yet fallen off. How is the birth of this child revelatory? Well, think first of the ways in which the birth of any baby is a sign. A sign of the sanctity of life a sign of the givenness of all things, that we have nothing that we have not received, a sign of obedience to the first law that God gives his creatures, be fruitful and multiply, a sign, perhaps, of the love of a husband and a wife, but also a sign of challenge, a sign to the family of the wee babe and its parents especially, which reads, the times they are a change in. The birth of a child interrupts and unsettles and transforms old ways of life. A baby makes new demands and places new responsibilities and new duties on its parents, and especially on its mother. Christ the Lord was an actual human baby. Despite what a certain carol says, the little Lord Jesus, when he awaked, crying, he most certainly did make. He brought the same disruptions as any newborn, and more besides. There was the matter of his paternity, for one thing, 
and the flight to Egypt for another. But all the same, he made the demands every newborn makes, and especially on his mother's person, on his mother's body. There's a poem by Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, which explores this idea. It's a poem about an icon of the virgin and child called Our Lady of Vladimir. The icon shows the infant Christ climbing up onto his mother's shoulder with his arms around her face. I feel you, Mary. My boys like to use my neck as a jungle gym sometimes, too. As Archbishop Williams puts it, the Christ child climbs up over breast, arm, shoulder of his mother, while she, alarmed by his bold thrust into her face and the encircling hand, looks out imploring fearfully, and, oh, she cries from her immeasurable eyes, oh, how he clings, my eyes are aching so. Any mother, I think, knows what it means to be alarmed by a child's bold thrust into her face. It knows what it is to say, oh, how he clings. But in the poem, Williams goes on to make the deeper point that the bold thrust of this child into his mother's face, as well as his mother's alarm, is a sign of something more. He sees the demands the Christ child makes on his mother as indicative of the demands he makes on everyone, the demands he makes on you and on me. Williams writes, the child has overlaid us in our beds. We cannot close our eyes. That is to say, this child does not just interrupt the sleep of his mother and impinge upon her person with his insistent pushing warmth. No, this child, this holy child of Bethlehem, impinges upon every human being and interrupts and reorders and transforms the whole world. The birth of Jesus turns the world upside down. Rather, it turns an upside-down world right side up. As his mother sings, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and hath exalted the humble and meek. Pope Benedict XVI wrote about this reversal of values that Jesus brings. From the moment of his birth, Benedict says, Jesus Christ belongs outside the realm about what is important and powerful in worldly terms. Yet it is this unimportant and powerless child that proves to be the truly powerful one, the one on whom ultimately everything depends. The Roman emperor at the time of Christ's birth, Caesar Augustus, 
claimed to be the savior of the world and the Lord of all. But the angel announces the truth. This little babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, is the Savior, Christ the Lord. This one is Lord of all, as his apostles will later declare. Lo, within a manger lies he who built the starry skies. The birth of this child reveals the grace of God. St. Paul proclaims him as our Savior, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Christ comes to deliver us from the bondage of sin and to cleanse and purify us for his service, in which we will find our perfect freedom. And this is, without doubt, good tidings of great joy. Yet it also means a great disruption. It means the rejection of old ways of life, old habits and patterns of behavior, the adoption of an entirely new way of life. As St. Paul puts it, it means casting off the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light. Reckon yourselves to be dead unto sin, he says, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see the child who climbs up over the breast and arm and shoulder of his mother now thrusts himself into our lives and says, Repent, and follow me, and thy sins are forgiven thee, and whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. And love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them that despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love them that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them to whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. This child will not leave us alone. He thrusts himself into my face. Oh, how he clings. He will not leave us as we are, for he would make us fresh and clean and new. 
If only we will surrender ourselves to his gracious will. Give ourselves over to him. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, he says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Christ Jesus gave himself for us to save us, St. Paul says, to redeem us from lawlessness and cleanse us from sin. And he goes on to say in his letter to Titus, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, slaves to various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. When the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of our deeds done by us in righteousness, but in virtue of his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal in the Holy Spirit, which he poured out upon us so richly through Christ Jesus, our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. He comes, as we pray, to redeem us from sin and death, to make us heirs in him of everlasting life, that when he shall come again in power and great glory to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. So let us, on this most holy night, pray that even as this child impinges upon us, we might have grace to joyfully receive him for our Redeemer, so that in the last day we might hear him say, Come, ye blessed children of my Father, receive the kingdom prepared for you from the beginning of the world. Enter into the joy of your Master. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels proclaim thy holy birth. O come to us, abide with us. O Lord Emmanuel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.